Yo, 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 let's go. It's the Great Debate Show with your host, Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith. We're back and we're better than ever, baby, in the building. And uh, today we have a guest, a wrestling guest. We said we were going to do it and uh, we've done it. Our very first wrestling guest on the show. We're going to talk some wrestling, of course. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you Memphis wrestling star, professional master of fets jitsu. He beats people up and gets paid for it. All right, uh, and and we've seen that live and in live in action and living color. We've seen that at the Memphis wrestling uh, tapings and shows. Ladies and gentlemen, K Tumor in the building, baby. How you, what's going on, man? How you doing? How you feel? Man, I'm chilling, man. Chilling and chilling some more, man. That's what's up, hey. hey on a Sunday, what what else can you do, right? Sunday, yeah, Sunday. Yeah. I mean, even though you sometimes you do beat asses on Sunday, but you know. Man, <laughs> only, only thing that make it better is if I had something on the grill after cooking, man. You know what? You you speaking everybody's language right now. I promise That's you, right. speaking everybody's language. Cause uh, I mean, I just ate. Don't get me wrong, but you can't go wrong with that grill. I promise you. That's uh, right. What What do you like the grill, man? What What's your favorite thing to throw on there? Man, pretty much anything, bro. Like uh. Man, we came up cooking, so bro, we can cook biscuits on the grill. If you want a pot of grits, we can throw it on the grill. It, it's whatever, man. It ain't, it ain't just just uh, chicken or beef or uh, shrimp or whatever. We can throw a little bit of everything on the grill if we want to. Hey, well, you let me know when this next barbecue is going on. Oh, I got you for sure. Bet. Uh, K. Tuma, you said we, and I, so I just want to let the audience know when you say we, where exactly do you mean when you say that? Tell everybody where you're from, man. Where you, where you get all these good cooking skills from? Man, so I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, man. And when I say me, well, not me, but we, it's a cluster of us. So in the neighborhood that I live in, man, we all came up through school together, friends, family member, man, and we a real community out here. So one person see me outside on the grill, they're going to fire their grill up. They're going to go to Walmart, buy some food. They're going to cook. And the lady down the street, she going to cook. <laughs> and everybody going to wake up, and we all going to intermingle with each other. So when I say we, I really mean we. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay, got you, got you. That's good stuff, Kay. Okay, uh, so first, man, my first question for you, I just want to ask, and this is something that I don't think people, the the fans, I don't think they care about it enough. But to me, it's a major thing. When I started doing some of the camera work with you guys at Memphis Wrestling, here with Terrence and everything, I put my hand on, on the middle of the ring, like the mat, and I was like, I looked at you, Terrence, and I said, man, this is pretty hard. <laughs> Is this nothing but plank, nothing but wood? And you was like, yeah, pretty much. Man, all the bumps and bruises that you guys go through in that ring, how hard is it to prepare, you know, for something like this to put your body through all that wear and tear, man? And what is the preparation like to be a professional wrestler? Man, it's tough, man. It's a lot of work. And I tell everybody, like, if you if you look at wrestling and you look up, if you type in professional wrestler, yeah, it's going to pull up the beat big muscle bear and body guys and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you come down to wrestling, man, I look at wrestling like I look at the NFL. You got your running backs, you got your receivers, you got your D-backs, but you also got your linemen, too. All different different body shapes and sizes. And I take, I look at foot, I look at wrestling training like I did when I played football. You have to learn how to take them hits. You have to learn how to fall. You got to condition your body to get used to it. The thing about wrestling, though, is... Each time you fall, each time you, we call them bumps, each time you take a bump, it's like a small car crash. So mm. you got to learn how to control that, and you got to learn how to control that that collision to spread that across your body. So a lot of people, man, I've had people that come that come to the shows that I throw myself, and they'll say, hey, man, I thought this was a trampoline. But then when they see us setting it up, it's literally steel, steel beams, this is steel frame, and and plank boards going across with maybe a thin piece of mat if you if you're lucky. So a lot of people think it's a trampoline, man, but that that ring is unforgiving. It's uh it's solid, man. Yeah. What's the uh what's the worst bump you've ever taken? Uh the worst bump I've taken, um I was in a match um with with one of my trainers and uh somehow we ended up on the floor and Man, I never know what I'm going to do when I'm out there. I never know how I'm going to kick somebody. I just know I'm going to kick somebody. So I decided to hit a drop, uh, not a drop kick, but a claymore while we was outside on the floor. Man, I hit him. I caught him. It looked good. <laughs> Sounded good. But when I hit that floor, I was like, oh, snap. 
But hmm. uh, I would say that would be the worst bump. Um, a close second is I was in a ring with somebody who didn't know what they were doing, and I wasn't. I didn't know that they didn't know that they what they were doing until we until we started the match, and he went up top to do something, and I had to catch him and save him, and we both ended up falling kind of awkward. Like that, that was the thing, but. I, luckily, I haven't I haven't had any major injuries from this. That was my next question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, man, look, man. I know that's um that's some tough. That's it's a tough business that you're in, and I appreciate you breaking that down and everything, man, so people can understand. Just because I used to really think that it was like a trampoline yeah. that ring. Uh, but I guess what I would ask you next is um, basically, what or who? made you want to say, I want to be a wrestler. Like, this is what I enjoy doing. Who inspired you, if anyone, to, to want to do this? Man, so my story about getting into wrestling is a little different than everybody else. Like, um, like it, it's like, like I use football in, in, other, in other sports in comparison to pretty much everything. So we always been fans of basketball, but we might have known the basketball might have not been our lane. Same with trying, same with NFL dreams. We're all fans of, fans of football, but we know once we get past that high school level, once we learn what's going on, man, maybe football isn't in my lane. So we figure something out. Um, it was same with me with wrestling. Of course, like everybody else, grew up a wrestling fan. Um, it's kind of apparent in my style, but I came up on Japanese wrestling because my grandpa had an old war buddy that was still over in Japan and he was sending over tapes and we would get like all of the old school classic uh, wrestling tapes. So we came up with my grandpa watching those, but like wrestling in my area is, it was wrestling here, but it was so closed off and, and so closed minded by people who were pretty much gatekeepers. They weren't allowing new people to come in. So it was never really accessible for us in this area. When I get into it, man, honestly, I got into wrestling because I was bored. Um, I come from the music world. I get tired tired of how a lot of stuff was going with uh, with the music business in general. Um, I had a situation going on where uh, me me and a, a chick I was engaged to, we had broke up, so I beat myself up and stuff. And then on a joke, I got invited to go to a wrestling show. We, we got in the ring, and as a joke, they were like, hey, man, hop in here. I got in there and got to running around, and it just stuck. And then it went from... Me just doing doing it just to have something to do to hey man this seems seems like something I can really I can really rock with and then I just kept with it and started treating it as a legit business and ever since then it's been I'm not where I want to be but ever since then since I started taking it serious it's kind of it's just been it took on a life of its own pretty much right right, right. well look a lot of people don't know you you spoke about um, coming from the music business but a lot of people don't know that. You legitimately like made your own theme song. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tell us what went into that and uh, and exactly how you came about it. And, and do you ever get calls to make other people's theme music, or have you before? Yeah, I probably shouldn't be talking about this, but uh, uh-huh. all right, you be, you be there. Um, Dead King and Ray Ray, the music they're coming out to yeah. right now. I yeah. Made that. Um, Aaron Roberts' music, I made that. That's what's up. Okay. Uh, mine. Um, it's a couple others. Um. Tim Bosby, even though I'm not on the vocals, but I recorded it here, here in my lab. Um, when it came down to mine, <laughs> when it came down to mine, man, I got to looking at it like, what can I do to get the crowd involved with it? And then I I was just riding in the car one day, and I turned on the Lil John and the Eastside Boys King of Crunk album. And I was like, that's it. And I came home, wrote something out, hit on my homeboy, he came over here, hopped on the keyboard, and we figured it out, and and that's how we got that. I, I needed something that was a chant, like something yeah. like the old B.A.B. or, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. or the old Big Crunk. Uh, uh, yeah. Perfect example, who you with. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We got, we can all relate to that. Yeah. Uh, like, like I needed some. I needed something in that lane. Um, mm-hmm. I also wanted to do something where y'all in Memphis. So um, perfect example, A-Ball and MJG. What's a sucker here? Beat them down. Shoot <laughs> I can them hear all of that in your oh, theme yes. music. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's exactly where my music came from. That's yeah, what's up. Yeah. Uh, well, I can, I can say that, like, uh, you know, of course, doing doing the camera, and I do everybody's interests, and a lot of people's interests I have I had to see because there's no practice, right? Like we did, I didn't, I never practice or interest. Uh, but no. people will come out, and I would have to kind of do the interest maybe two or three times, and 
Maybe by the by the fifth taping, I would I would have I would have the interest. But yours, literally, on the first time, I was like, I heard the music, and I see your face, I see the gear, and I'm like, okay, I got this guy's interest already. <laughs> and it was just it was yeah. just very quick, yeah, uh, very quick thing because I'm like, he comes out, the music says, I'll kick your ass <laughs> if you want me to kick your ass. His face yep. says, I'm going to kick your ass. So I was like, all right, let me get this tight shot of his face. And then I'm gonna just let him walk slowly by, and it just it worked out perfectly, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, no, I don't know, I and mean, we'll get to these questions in, in a few. I don't know if like you are legitimately trained or anything, but I do feel like you would legitimately kick somebody's ass. So <laughs> it just all worked. <laughs> yeah, I was just trained, man. Like um, I I never I never trained and competed for um for the different classes as far as uh, belt classes and belt stages, but I'm legit trained. Um, Muay Thai, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, um, American kickboxing. But the way MMA goes, man, all of them are blending in right now. Absolutely. Especially everybody is training or adopting the different principles from different from different studies. So I'm legit trained. Um, that this, MMA is pretty much what I did to stay in shape when I was playing football. From 12 to... 19, 20, 21. When we weren't playing football, when it was in the off seasons, it was MMA training. And I was like, hey, might as well take something that I know is not guys my size that are, that are really working that, that particular type of style. I can figure something out. We're doing combinations and sequences and strikes that can actually knock somebody out. And I know if I do them right, it's going to translate to the crowd to make them say, man, what the hell did the dude just do? Right. And, that's the whole principle behind it. Okay. All right, so um, one more for you, man, uh, Kay Toomer. We got him live here on the Great Debate Show on a Sunday fun day. The Great Debate yep. Show is available wherever you get your podcast. Hit the follow button, and you'll be notified each and every time an episode is uploaded. We just had a great wrestling episode earlier in the week, mm-hmm. and now we're coming right back at you this weekend to cap it off with a great wrestling interview with a great wrestler here in wrestling and you work all over the promotions, but I want to ask you this. Like, in your mind, what's your skill set? What you're good at? I mean, I know we all kind of know some of the things that we're good at, some of the things that we can work on. But involving you in a match, how do you take or adapt your skills into working a match? And what type of match uh, is your favorite? Man, um, don't get me wrong when I say this. Um, people think that what we do is fake. We are really hitting. We are really punching, kicking each other, really slamming each other. Yeah. Um, but you got some people that are lighter than others, and you got some people that are stiffer than others. Um, I, nobody wants to go out and intentionally get beat up. But when you can have those type of matches with somebody who's not scared to hit or be hit, you can lay it in a whole lot more. You can be a whole lot snug, and it resonates and translates a whole lot better. So... Perfect example. Somebody like um, I did a match with uh, with Rhino. Mm-hmm. We was training shots in the middle of the ring. We was really popping each other, and you can tell because he would hit me, I would let it register, and I would turn around and hit him right back. Um, I did a match with Big Con. Every every time he hit me, it was sanding off. Every time I, I hit him, it was sanding off. I remember that one, and those were loud. Yeah, every hit was like, man, you ever been? <laughs> this finna sound crazy. Imagine walking in the mall and you just hear somebody get slapped out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how every hit was when me and Big Con was hitting each other. <laughs> like yeah. it wasn't, it, it wasn't nothing pretty. It wasn't nothing special. It was who can hit the hardest and who can last the longest. Um, but then on the flip side, I like to show out that I can keep up with the smaller guys. So um, I had a match in Memphis with uh with Zay Washington. Zay Washington is somebody that will fly all over the ring. I was able to get in there and show that I can keep up with him. When I work matches like those, I can really show off the, the martial arts side of everything and use what I know from, from MMA and transition that into the ring to keep up with those smaller guys. Um, and sometimes some of my favorite matches are also when I just get in there and kill somebody when I don't got to do much. Um, I worked a match with, uh, with Kid Wrestling. Um, he got in the ring when I got in the ring he jumped me I pushed him off he hit me with a knee he turned around and celebrated 
and I think this was my first time doing this in Memphis. When um, soon as he turned around, I caught him with a 540 kick, a trouble in paradise. Mm. It was the first time the crowd ever seen me do that out there. And when I did it, I hit him. Somebody in the crowd was yelling, stay down. But they didn't know he was out. Oh, he, wow. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know. Each match is his own. Like I said, I, it's, as long as I can get a good reaction out of the crowd and and really put out the message that I'm trying to portray for that match, it's a good match. Yeah. Okay, that's good stuff. One more thing I want to say since you just mentioned about people thinking and saying that it's fake. Uh, uh, because I, I can remember a tweet some years ago. Well, it wasn't that long ago, but some years back. Randy Orton got into this Twitter war with uh, a fan. You may remember yep. what I'm talking about. Yep. Just talking about how fake it is and it's this and it's that. How can you tweet about a football player or at him or whatever? And Randy Orton went completely off. Now, Randy Orton said that, you know, yeah, football is tough. They do this, they do that. However, you know, they get an offseason. The WWE, no offseason. Uh, the injuries, the bumps, the bruises, they get the same thing. They fight nicked up. They wrestle nicked up, but they do it night in, night out. NFL is on Sundays. They do it every day, 360, 300 days out of 365 at least. I mean, he just went in. Do you agree with Randy Orton's comments being in the same profession as him when they compare that to the other sports? Yeah, most definitely. Like, um, all right, so people think wrestling is fake. They try to, they're always going to throw up, it's choreographed. Um, it's this, it's that, man. Nine times out of ten, we don't know what we finna do when we're in the ring. Um, we communicate with each other in the ring sometimes um, to make sure, like, hey, I'm finna hit you with this. Be ready. But, like, a lot of times, man, especially me, I just grab people. Because if I grab you and I want to throw you, you you going. You ain't got no choice. So, <laughs> I, I don't That's think that. If I'm <laughs> If I want to punch you, I'm going to punch you. It is nothing you can do about it. So, but going back to what Randy was saying, like, yes, it's a different sport in regards to the entertainment aspect. But on our end, we're doing this a whole lot more often, doing this week in, week out, sometimes three or four days a week, depending on, on your booking schedule. There's literally no off-season. And then a lot of people don't don't realize this. The worst part about this, at least in my opinion, it's not the stuff in the ring. It's the stuff after the show. They're driving home two or three hours. Yeah. Letting your body just sit and then having to get up and move around and take a shower and then get up and go to work the next morning. Your body never really, really has that time to really just rest and recoup. When you're in the NFL, you have those trainers. You have the, that recoup time. You have that downtime. You have that off season. We don't have it. We're working out, working out, working to supplement our income, getting up, driving these up these long hours to get to these shows, going to these shows, putting our bodies on the line in the middle of the ring, nine times out of ten against somebody that we don't know. So I can get in the ring with a Joe Blow who might intentionally try to hurt me. And if he does, he does. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. But, like, it's literally no off season at all. Um, with the NFL, NBA, any other sport, yes, it, it may be competitive in a sense to where, dang, how can I put it? It's competitive in a, in a sense to where you're trying to outperform your whoever you're going up against. With Dallas, it's a little different. Yes, we're trying to win these matches, but I know I'm only as good as I make you as my opponent look. Absolutely. On top of my job doing what I need to do, I need to make sure that you you look just as good as I do. And in a lot of ways, that's even more dangerous than anything else. When you're a running back, your number one your number one goal in the middle of the game, when you're in the middle of the play, is to grab that ball, drive through the hole, try to try to find an open path. When it's wrestling, is what am I doing? Is this person over here paying attention to what we're doing? I'm going to hit this big flashy combo, make sure my opponent lands safe. Oh, snap. I got to find the camera. There's the camera. Let me do this. Like, it's so much stuff going on in your mind to where it's, it's super easy to get sidetracked. You can hit a big move, land the wrong way. Uh, you can get slammed, land the wrong way. You can get punched. You can take the hit the wrong way. Like, it's so many different parallels in wrestling that doesn't translate to other sports that unless you do it a lot of people ain't gonna understand like you said it yourself 
you thought you thought the ring was soft and padded until you touched it. Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah. people never, a lot of people never been in a wrestling ring before. Mm-hmm. So they look at it, they they see the stories and they hear, oh, it's fake and this, that, and the other. Man, it ain't nothing fake about what we do, man. That's right. I put it like I put it like this to somebody. Um, somebody was like, "Man, uh, you wrestle wrestling fake." I'm like, "Man, what's your favorite move?" They, before they can even answer, well, my favorite movie is. I'm like, "It's fake." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what kills me about that is, first of all, I'm 35, so you know uh-huh. what I'm saying. I, I and, and listen, Jarvis and I had these conversations all the time. We don't think that anything on TV is real a lot of the times. You know what I'm saying? So like. But if you were sitting around watching like Real Housewives of Atlanta and uh, American oh. Idol and all these shows, like none of this, none of this real at all. And then I break, I, I break the fourth wall down on you with that. I know somebody who was on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Right. He ain't on it before, but he. But at one point in time, he was a prominent character. He came. We were sitting there talking, and I was just asking questions because I do production stuff too on the side. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's something that I am going to get into whenever the wrestling stuff is done because I'm not going to be in the ring forever. But I remember asking him about it. He was like, oh, yeah, bro, all this stuff fake, bro. He was like, yeah, we kind of improv and everything. And people really get mad. But those are controlled situations to where they're like, all right, you're going to do this. And this is what y'all are going to get into it about. Right. Okay. All yeah, of that. All of that. And, and, and I'm a firm believer that <clears throat> even through, through all of cinema, through all of entertainment, I don't think there's any better storytelling than pro wrestling. Nah. Because it keeps it at its core, man. You, Why do we like Power Rangers? <laughs> All right. Because yeah. we like, do love Power Rangers. Absolutely. Yeah. Why, why do we like Power Rangers? Um, why, um, if you're an anime fan, why do you like Dragon Ball Z? Um, why do you like Batman? It's the classic story of good versus evil. That's it. Yeah. Get your hero and you get your villain. Your villain is gonna get the come up it's but at some some point in time the hero is gonna overtake him. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, unless you're Roman Reigns. Yeah, <laughs> Which look, and that's a perfect segue. So that's that's what I really wanted to ask you. I want uh-huh. you to fantasy book yourself against some champion in uh in either the AEW WWE. How would it go? Yeah. Who would it be and how would it go? Oh, it's tough. Of course, you want to be in a part of the biggest focal point. And it doesn't have to necessarily be, in my opinion, it doesn't necessarily have to be like the the champion, the right. big dog. Like, just what story? Yeah. Or it I, just, if yeah. I could add to it, what right. story would you see yourself in right now in either promotion Absolutely. that you would love to be a part of? All right. So before I answer, so before I answer that, let me say this, and I may be exposing a little bit too much, but it is what it is. When it comes to wrestling, it's not about the wins or losses. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When when you think about, all right, let me ask y'all this real quick. What's your favorite wrestling match? Mine is always going to be the. Um, it's actually two, but and, and both of them both of them prove it goes to what you're saying. One is going to be the um, WrestleMania 13 submission match between Bret and Stone Cold, mm-hmm. uh, which totally made Stone Cold by the way in a loss. Mm-hmm. And two is going to be. Um, Summer's not is it SummerSlam? I don't think it's Summer, but anyway, it's the hell in the cell between um, Man, Undertaker and Mankind. mankind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I mean, we know what happened in that. Mm, oh yes. Both of, those, both of those matches are great examples, right? Mm-hmm. Going to Bret and Austin. What do you remember out of that match? Man, just you know what? In in hindsight, the fact that Bret pulled that double turn off as yep. perfectly as he did, like nobody when when the when Bret's music hit. Fans, you know, everybody's cheering for Brett. Yeah. On his way back to the locker room, he is getting booed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now, perfect. Now, if you go back and watch that match until Austin started bleeding, yeah. all they did was punches and kicks. Yep. They didn't do, they didn't hardly do any actual wrestling moves. But you remember this story or how they pulled this story off to catapult Austin in, into being that guy. Same thing with uh with Undertaking Mankind. As much as they brought throughout their sale, only thing remember, only thing we all remember is him Mick Foley being thrown out their cage. And they instantly put him on the pedestal. So when you think about wrestling, yes the moves and all of this stuff are great. But it's a story aspect that makes sense, especially when your story, like you just said with Brick, 
everybody booed Brick, but look at what they did for Austin. Yep. So for me, in my mind, say it's a great story if it's putting over not just one person, but everybody involved. So if I would book if I would book myself in a crazy situation, of course I'm gonna go with the hottest thing going. Every, if you're not, you're stupid. You're not make you're not in this to try to make your money. I will find some kind of way to put myself in a Roman Reigns situation. Yeah, why not? Some kind of way. I know I'm losing. I know it. But what if I set up for somebody inside of that group to turn on Roman? Then I did my job. Right. Yeah. What if I can get in there, challenge Roman, but I got to go through Solo, right? But my whole argument with Solo is like, hey, bro, blah, 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 you the real muscle. You they pun, they using you. As simple as it is, start playing those seeds of doubt. And then Solo is the monster of the group. But Solo ain't to be messed with right now. Like I, I just watched a clip earlier where they did a promo last night, Roman bumped in the solo and turned yeah. around like, oh, my bad, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What do we set that to jumpstart that? Like, perfect example on that, think Batista and Triple H. Oh yeah. Yes. Exact same. You you literally have the exact same situation right there in in everybody's face. But see, this is the thing. Everybody is gonna look at Solo as being the one to turn. But what if it's really Jay that's coming back and gonna turn? Because if you look at the beginning of Roman Reigns becoming this tribal chief, Jay Uso is the one that made him. Yep, Jay made him absolutely. So what if you set the scene with Solo, play the game out with Solo? But then the real turn is going to be Jay coming out and saying, hey, bro, we got to put an end to this, and he be the spike. That way I made myself, and I'm getting my guaranteed money, whether I'm, whether I'm being looked at as a face or not, but I set up another storyline that the company can run with for the next six months to a year. Yeah. Long-term booking is that what the young folks call it. That's exactly what that is, long-term booking. Um, yeah, man. Uh, okay. So man, you pretty much, so what, what do you, which one do you think is the best though? Like, are you a heel guy or a face guy? Like, uh, uh it don't really matter in my mind. I mean, the heels and faces have a prominent role, like, but it really all come down to the fans, what the fans are going to like. All right. Y'all, y'all are there, right? Y'all yeah. been there. Y'all see the reaction I get com- coming in, coming yeah. in from the entrance, but I'm still a heel. He's, he's never come out, and it's funny That's because you know it's funny because when, when his music hits, he's so cheered. I literally peek my. I know he's come. I know you're coming out of the uh, out of the heel side. Yeah. But I legit cut my my eye at the babyface side because I'm like this. <laughs> this is probably where he should be coming from because he's so cheered. But but you never asked to be cheered. You literally never right. done anything to ask to be cheered. Right. Uh, I still work the same. Yep. I'm still running people the same way. I haven't changed anything about what I do in the ring. The crowd just appreciate. That's right. But you have those heels that are so great to where the fact that they're so great, it makes the crowd like them. Perfect example, Seth Rollins. The last two years, Seth has been a heel. Yep. But it it kind of turned into a situation where the people appreciate what he does. Now they're cheering for him. Him coming out dancing and dressing all crazy stuff, man. Be real, we all hated that when he first started doing. I did. Man, what this man got on, but now we looking forward to it. I'm not so much, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he definitely's got a pop. He's got everybody else. He's over as he gets, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. Speaking of being over, like what what is that feeling like, man? When you know people are singing your theme music. Like, I, I have had times where I, you know, maybe put the camera on their face. Like, they're singing your theme music, yeah. and we already know how to eat that show enough channel. up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's funny, man, because, uh, how can I say this? It's, what I'm about to say is going to sound egotistical, but I promise it's not the place I'm coming from. Um, when I first came in to Memphis, um, I was being looked at, and I remember the conversation that was had was, well, we want you to be a big, bad hill. And I was like, I'm cool with it, but the crowd is going to turn me. <laughs> and I was like, at some point, something's going to happen and they're going to start cheering what I do because they're going to get bloodthirsty. And that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. Is I come out, I, the music hit. 
I come out, start singing the song, they start singing the song. The song, the song died down, and I knew the show enough stuff was going to jump off how we jumped off with us when we first was introduced to it. Started doing the show enough stuff, the show enough stuff, stuff took off. And it's like now it's at the point to where the pe- people are demanding, hey, what are y'all going to do with Tuma? A lot of people don't realize this. I get I get the less TV time out of everybody. Yeah. I might be showcased maybe once every two or three weeks. And I'll be up there for like three, maybe four minutes at the most. I get the least amount of time out of everybody. But I was able to figure out a way to incorporate what I get going and make the crowd a part of it. That's what makes what I do stand out a little more than what somebody else made. But that's just my opinion. But, I mean, but kind of going back to what I was saying about being a heel versus turning, I told them, like, man, everywhere I've been, they tried to work me as a big, bad heel. We started out, they booed me for a few shows, but then it's like, oh, dude did a spinning kick. I like that. Oh, dude stamping out the suplexes. I like that. Man, every time he hits somebody, it sounds like a car crash. I like that. To where it, it just it just builds that lust to where they hate. It went from them hating me to I want to see who this guy's finna kill next. Yeah. And what I would do with your tumor, just to be honest, and not saying nobody hasn't already thought of it or isn't going to try that with you, but they should just stop fighting that and just let you stay, you know, who you are. The fans are showing them that, hey, man, your face. You're as face as it gets. You're over as it gets. And then when you do go back heel, man, you could be like Roman Reigns, but it'll be so much more better. They'll feel it so much more. Maybe they will actually hate you when you go back yep. heel. But as of now, they, you can't get them to hate you. So yep. they should just, yeah, just deal with it, man. You're who you are, who you are. They're telling you who you are. Uh, man, that's pretty much all I got for you other than, and I want both from each gender, male and female, Kate Tomer, give me your favorite wrestler growing up, male and female, and your favorite wrestler, if you have one, currently in, you know, any level from professional to the indies. Um, yeah, past and present. It's hard for me to place it down in one, so I might have to modify my answer a little bit. Okay. All right, have any, have, y'all play sports? Did y'all play sports coming up? Yeah, did a little something, yeah. All right, what what you play, basketball, football, soccer? Basketball, a little football, baseball over play here. Play a little baseball, yeah. yeah. All right. So you know, you know, when you grow up playing a sport, and when it's a sport that you actually do yourself, you don't necessarily have a favorite, but you have people that you like. You study people techniques. Mm-hmm. So people will watch Kobe, and you can pick out how Kobe would. You can pick out the parallels between what Kobe picked up from Jordan. Right. Yeah. So with me, with wrestling, it's the same way. Um. For my size, you got your Big Bam, uh, Big Bam Bigelow, you got your Vaders, mm. you got your Yokozunas, but you also got your Willie Max, you got your Jacob Fatus, you mm. got your Moa Joes. Um, man, some legendary uh, names there, man. Combination-wise, you got your Alistair Blacks or Tommy Ends or Malachi Black, mm-hmm. whatever name you were introduced for them. Um, but being able to capture a crowd, you got your Kevin Steens or your Kevin Owens. You got your Sami Zayn's or your Edge and Ericos. Um, yeah. I came I came up real tough on um, early 2000s when everybody was on WWE real tough and the TNA stuff was starting to rise. I was real heavy on Chikara and PWG because they had their hand on the pulse and they had a, a different way of of gaining and controlling attention from the crowd. Mm-hmm. To where it was like yes, it was a it was a format to where. They knew they were being filmed. They knew they were being recorded. But if you go to a WWE live show, you could tell it's a performance. With them, it with them, it made it look like, hey, these guys are really in here competing with each other. So that's why with me, you can you can see me try to translate what I learned from watching them and studying them, opposed to saying, okay, I got to go out here and hit a clothesline here, a drop kick here, shoot them out the ropes here. No, it's all shoot. It's all doing it live and commanding that crowd like a performance. Like, think about comedians. You can tell when a comedian is doing a real set that he's been doing on the road forever compared to a Martin Lawrence out there comedy jam when he's just picking and messing with people in the crowd. Yeah. It's, so that's kind of how I look at 
in wrestling and, tra and translating. I don't necessarily have a favorite wrestler, but there are different tidbits that I learned from all different wrestlers. Like everybody names their um, their greatest. You got your Austin's, you got your Rocks, and this, that, and the other. Well, who did they have a parallel off of that? That would be my argument. Why nobody say nothing about Triple H? Without Triple H being their main person that everybody wants to see get beat up all the time, wouldn't have your Austin's, your Rocks, and Undertakers. But that's the same thing that made Ric Flair so great. We hated we hated Flair until we loved him. On the reverse end, we loved Hogan until we hated him. Same with Cena. We loved Cena until we hated him. We hated seeing Cena with their title. Who's finally going to beat Cena? And then think about when somebody like a Daniel Bryan finally beats him. It instantly puts Daniel Bryan on top of the mountain and makes him look even though we know he's great for the casual audience, it makes him look that much better because he just came in to beat Superman. Yeah. So it's like different parallels, not just character wise, but storytelling wise reasonings for what happens behind the scenes uh, wise. Um, how can I explain it? All right. We were talking about Roman. Imagine how imagine how big of a deal it's gonna be when somebody finally beats Roman. Absolutely. Oh yeah. No doubt. Like, so that that's how I look at it. It's not necessarily do I have a favorite moment or a favorite wrestler. I'm looking at it from a different aspect of why is this happening? Why did this person do this? I saw how they translated this over into this. How did they get this to go inside to coincide with their character? How did they translate this type of character? Somebody like a somebody like a Fandango should have never worked, but it did. Somebody like a um, even though he ain't been there for a few years, Damian Sandow when he was doing the uh, the stunt double double gear, that was gear, hilarious. That should have never worked, but it did. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> us as the audience, we knew that they had nothing for this man, and they just gave him a, a crazy gimmick yep. and said, "Come do it." And he went out there and he made it work. And us as fans, we appreciate it. Perfect example: our truth. <laughs> nothing else need to be said. Literally, nothing else need to be said. Need to be said. But he 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 found a way to go after that man. Y'all y'all gonna give me y'all gonna give me crap in, in a baby's diaper. I'm gonna go out there and make it work. And us as fans, man, we see that, and we're like, man, first we're like, man, they ain't doing nothing with such and such, but then we can't keep paying attention, and we see how they put the effort in to make it work to the point that we appreciate it. Yeah. That's what I look at. Yeah. And I, I, just, um, I wanted to say, I know you mentioned Bam Bam Bigelow, Bigelow earlier. Man, I've gone back to watch some stuff, man. Like, Bam Bam, Bam Bam might be the most underrated big man of all time, man. Dude was, oh, dude was amazing. I would say it's between oh, yeah. him and him and him and Vader. He's in a big Vader, he, he yeah, said for the real. Main too, man. Absolutely, for real. yeah, yeah. Man, I, I used to love Bigelow and Vader, really. Man, you got to look at Bam Bam stuff outside of the. So that that's the thing with with me and a lot of people. I understand a lot of people's knowledge of certain wrestlers is only what they saw in WWE or WWF. Yeah, they didn't follow them in New Japan. I don't know why. A lot of people didn't even know Bam Bam was in ECW. Absolutely. That's where he, he ended his career there, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I get that, but I'll be like, hey, man, go and watch, who is somebody? Bronson Reed. He just he just came back on the scene in WWE recently. Mm -hmm. I'll tell people, man, go watch uh, Bronson Reed when he was Jonah Rock. Go watch that. Go watch uh, Donovan Dijak versus Keith Lee from Evolve. Go watch Matt, anything from Matt Riddle and Evolve, and then you'll understand why they're at the level they're at now. Um, the Young Bucks, the stuff they was doing with uh, in PWG. Um, like I said, you know, Kevin Steen and, and El Generico with Sami Zayn and, and KO, of course. Mm -hmm. They took their match on the road and worked each other in a, in a blood feud in multiple companies. They took one storyline angle, El Generico and Kevin Stein hating each other, and they took that one angle and worked it in every promotion that they went to and literally took one storyline and one feud and strung that across every company. They not only get themselves over, they get them, those companies over as well. 
like I look I try to look at parallels and stuff like that opposed to saying oh man I love the rock because he can talk on the mic got you right got you yep so yeah you took us down there man that's a uh, that's deep yeah, a lot deeper than I I expected uh, that's another way to look at it and man you make a lot of good points there man um well Terrence man you do you have anything else for K? No nah, man we we'll, we'll get you out of here with hey, what what uh any uh big expectations the rest of the year any man, any uh, any big goals if there's anything you can't tell us it's totally okay right 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 <laughs> man and no, honestly I'm just riding the wave man um to to not get disappointed cuz this is an ego driven situation being a wrestler and working for certain companies to try to try not to get disappointed and mad and pissed off like so many other disgruntled people. I try not to hold too many expectations. As long as I can get in the ring, do what I need to do and get out, I know everything else gonna fall in line for me. Yeah, okay, and I'm glad you I'm glad you said that. You were number one on, on a pretty uh, prominent uh, indie list recently too, right? You wanna tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so um Gabe Sapolsky, man, he's um He's one of like the leading people or the main people when it comes down to booking talent for WWE. Got a chance to get in front of him. Um, apparently, I made a good impression. And what he said was, he he hosts Twitter Spaces on Twitter to where he gives advice about how to how to basically navigate the wrestling business. He did a top ten list of indie wrestlers that should be on everybody's radar, pretty much. And I made number one on the list. That's huge. Uh, yeah. Now. And like I said, this is an ego-driven business. Some people are butt hurt about it. If you butt hurt about it, go do some more work. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. But the fact that Gabe, the fact that Gabe came to Memphis, saw me, saw me in front of not just one crowd but two other crowds, mm-hmm. saw what I was doing, and then what I was doing resonated with him to where he can understand it. Because, like I said, this is somebody who works for WWE, who works for their talent department who sets up, if they want to bring you in, he's the person that's scouting you, watching you, and saying, yeah, man, this is, go ahead, bring him in. He is the ultimate say-so when it comes down to it. So be able to resonate what I do with him the way he's like, man, you need to get on a bigger platform. That means that means that what we're doing is working. Right. And like, and you notice I said what we're doing. Because it's not just me in that ring. It's not just me in that building. It's not just me on the show. We're all one big product all together. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. That's, right. So. that's right. And speaking of that, then, and I'm, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Since you said that, I just want to kind of piggyback up. Who is like the best? Like when you get in the ring with him, you know that opponent is gonna. We're gonna have a great match. Uh, just the vibe, the chemistry, or whatever. You just works. You just work better with that actual opponent who who would that be if you can name one person man i got three people and um unfortunately they don't work for memphis okay um, and one of them just retired last night mm. um one of them he was my trainers um josh cross he just retired last night um after a 20-year career um me and him they trained us still me and him would get in there and like beat the hell at each other um to where but the chemistry is so dope the way it we don't have to. We don't have to talk about anything. As we get in the ring, it's like we instantly know what's gonna happen. Um, I got another guy. His name is Drayshawn Prince. Cold as hell. Um, he's somebody that I feel a lot of people need to be paying attention to as well. Um, when I say best way I can put him, Black AJ Styles from 2007. That's a that's a high compliment, man. For real. That's the, the best, phenomenal that's, one. Yes. That's the best way I can explain it. Every time we would go to a different company and have a match, we would literally say, hey, man, um, AJ and Joe, 2005. And we would go out there and work our match. Um, the third is another guy. Um, he's doing this thing in different areas. His name is uh, William Blackwell. Um, think of him as a more technical William Regal. Okay. Hmm. Um, the, the man is crazy when he... The man is crazy with his knowledge of wrestling, but how much time and dedication he puts into wrestling. Yeah. So where it's, it's super underappreciated, but with a lot of stuff that we're doing here in the Little Rock area, all of us are going to get more exposure, not just here, but for the people who may say, hey, man, I recognize K. Tuma from over here. I see him in this video from a promotion in Little Rock. Let me click on it. They might click on it, see me in the ring with one of them, and then they might start following them. 
So it's those are three people, man, that uh, that I can get in the ring and just mix it up with any kind of way and know I'm going to have a great match regardless of where we're at, what we're doing, the reason why we're in the ring. Yeah, half the time, we don't even care. We're just like, hey, man, I'm going to punch you in the face really, really hard. Like, all right, I'm going to punch you back. Yeah. And then we go to Hardy's late at night at 3 in the morning, eat a chicken sandwich, and apologize for it later. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Dig that. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Uh, K2, before we get you out of here, man, do you want to tell the audience uh, where they can find you at with your social media and whatnot? Yeah, man, Instagram and Twitter, uh, K2Mer70. Uh, Facebook, Big Man K2Mer. Um, YouTube, K-Tomer TV. I'm having to rebuild my channel on YouTube because my old one got hacked and deleted. Mm. But, um, but yeah, or just catch me in Memphis Wrestling, man, at the Wrestling Center um, during TV tapings and just come holler at me. And you can catch that, uh, Terrence, correct me if I'm wrong, on Saturday afternoons? Uh, Saturday at noon is when they air. Saturday at noon on the CW if you're in the local area. For any of our listeners in the Mid-South, catch K-Tomer on Memphis Wrestling. Saturdays at noon on the CW Channel 30, Memphis, baby. Uh, it, this was good, man. We appreciate you coming Absolutely. through, man. Seriously. Absolutely. No problem, man. Anytime, bro. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, we look forward to having you back. And uh, I got a funny feeling, man. Maybe the next time or two we get you here, we're going to have a lot more to talk about. Uh, and it could be some WWE talk. Uh, for, <laughs> you know? Uh, keep doing your thing, brother. Keep doing your thing. And, and, and listen, look. Next time you come uh, out with a damn Boondocks promo, you let me know beforehand so I can. <laughs> Listen, Jarvis, I got the. He's like, he's like, see that title? I, I, I likes it and I want it, and I'm just yeah. like, I'm yeah. laughing with the camera. <laughs> Hopefully, this hey. show is air. This show has aired by now, right? Right. Um. Yeah, it has. Bro, I'm gonna be real. I never know what I'm gonna say when I get on. That I believe mic. that. I believe that he he comes out he mixes he mixes the Booker T uh, when when he called Hulk Hogan the N word he mixes that with the uh, with the doggone Boondocks and you see yeah. that title I likes it I wants it right and I am I am behind the camera dying laughing Man. so if people watch that and they see the camera moving a little bit yes I was I was thoroughly tickled at that these are on YouTube hey. as well right oh. can we catch them on yep. YouTube too uh, I think got another got an app okay okay yeah it's up there it's one of the promos I did against Britt. Yeah. Uh, Hey, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. Uh, I'm gonna give myself away. If you watch me when I'm doing promos and I give like a little smirk, that's because something stupid popped in my head. Right <laughs> here. I'm like, yeah, I gotta say this. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, like, what's um the episode that's about to air next week? I know I said something stupid on the promo, and then when I said it, I was looking around to see who was gonna catch it, and a good good percentage of the crowd caught on to what I was saying. Yeah. Oh my and goodness. I can't say exactly what it was right now because right. the air, but when you hear it, you're gonna be like, What the hell? I, I think I was out for that episode, so I'm I'm gonna look forward to seeing that. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. And we hope that uh our listeners can check that out as well. Again, K Tuma, man, Memphis wrestling star. And uh he's working all throughout the end, he's doing his thing, and he was number one on Gabe Sapolsky's. Yes, that that's that's a hell of a was it top, it was top ten, right? Yeah, the top ten. Hell of a hell, hell of an accomplishment, and uh, uh, keep it going, man. For real, keep it up, and uh, we enjoy watching you, man. And uh, I think you're phenomenal uh, for what you do as a, can I say, giant uh, in this in this in this business, or uh, of just a big or. I don't know and, what it is, bro. I'm fat. I'm fat, and I do stuff. <laughs> I mean, but they, they say the Giants have better matches with the cruisers and the, and and the, te- yeah, the technical yeah. wrestlers. Got to have that contrast. Seen, yeah, from what contrast. I've seen, man, you jail really well with them. The way you move, man, I think it's amazing. Like, a lot of people can't do that the way you move at your size, man. So I can't do that. I, that's what I'm saying. I can't either. <laughs> I can't either. So that, that just just to let you know, man, man, what y'all do is amazing work. And my, my hat to you, my hat's off to you, man, because I think y'all guys are some of the toughest SOBs in the world. I don't mean to call you an SOB for real. Just y'all tough as hell, man. And I talk on this podcast all the time about some of these sports being scripted, and I don't I, – I make a lot of comparisons as far as – the physicality, the, the the mental toughness, and all of that that goes along with it. People ask me, "How can you watch wrestling still?" And you talk about football being. I'm like, I think it's the exact same thing. To be honest with you, it just they're they're both tough sports. They're both you know, think some things are scripted, and they go out there and they do what they have to do, regardless of what goes on behind the scene. You all still have to get out there and do the work, just like just as they do. Yeah, we got to work, man. Like I, I tell you. 
I remember I had a football player ask me, what's the difference between the two? And I broke it down like this. I'm like, if, I, if we're lined up and I call a 38 screen with a crackback, you know what that is. Yeah. Oh, you know what your role is. Same thing with wrestling. The difference is, if I say, uh, and it's pulling the curtain back too much. If I get in the ring and I say, this is how we're going to start off. You're going to start off with a claymore. I'm going to get up, fire up, clothesline, you you duck it. I'm bounce off the ropes, hit, hit me with a spine bust. I'm going to pop up. You do the same thing. You throw a line, I'm going to hit a spine bust. I'm going to get up, combo, combo, combo. You hit the, hit the ropes, mirror cutter. I have to remember all of that while executing it, while still displaying everything to the crowd where all you have to worry about is one single play at a time. Yeah, yeah that's, that's like four or five plays right there. He just called a whole you damn match. He just called a whole drive. <laughs> he just called yeah, a whole damn match. Yeah, that's man. a lot to take in at once, man. And just for that to register, man, that's a whole possession of football. And this is the thing, this thing, this is the biggest thing with what we do. It's live. It's no rehearsal. So something might go wrong and something might have to be improvised on in the middle of all of those different spots that I just called. Yeah. But it doesn't translate to everybody else in the crowd unless somebody just in the ring and don't know what they're doing. Because a lot of times, a match is never going to go how you plan it. Right. My best matches are matches that I don't plan at all. We just get in the ring and mix it up. But from time to time, if it's like a, a match where it's like, all right, bro, we both need to get this job. Let's get out here and make each other look good in front of you. Then we'll plan a bunch of stuff spot for spot and try to hit it. But even then, man, nothing is ever going to go 100% how you want it to. It's just making it look that way. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here at the Great Debate Show. Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, and we had K. Toomer here in the building. Again, Memphis star, Memphis wrestling star here in, here in the area. He's from Little Rock, Arkansas, but he's working the whole Mid-South. Be on the lookout when he's booked in a city near you. That's all we've got. We're about to get out of here again. Appreciate that, K. And, yes, sir. Uh, this has been a great debate show. Peace, man. Be safe out there, man. And uh, all of y'all, thank y'all for listening. Appreciate you, man. Yes, we'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all, yeah, man. Thank you, man. All right.